0: Good to be in the house of the Lord one more time. Good to be together again. Amen. Got to look forward to being with the saints of God. I realize, Brother Izzy, we're all striving to get to heaven. And heaven is eternal. And the saints of God will be in heaven. So the bottom line is, if I can't stand you down here, I think we got a problem going up there. <laughs> but if I love being around you here, then we're going to go together up there. We're going to be fine. Amen. Good to see everyone. It's a little chilly on the north in the northeast here, but it's all right. We should be used to this by now, right? We've been in this for a long time. Some of us was born into this, so we, we've been around this for a while and seasons change and we're just in that season now, so we thank God for his goodness and for keeping us and we'll just make it through another winter, Lord's willing. Let's stand to our feet, I ask them Sunday to do me a favor and that is to remind me to make mention of our Christmas banquet I wanted to just make mention to you. Hopefully, I'll remember to make mention again Sunday if they'll continue to remind me that the venue of our Christmas banquet has been moved from the Marriott in Princeton to KC Prime in Lawrenceville. And so the venue will be different. And um, the date is still the same, which is December 23rd. Um, the cost for this event is $25. Um, first come, first serve. And so if you still want to be a part of the banquet, $25. See Sister Sylvia ASAP and let her know. And um, your money is going to do the talking, not your um, voice. So when I say, Sister Sylvia, what we got? She's going to tell me what we have according to your money. And notice the, um, the cost of it is different. Um, since venue has changed, cost has changed. And so we we probably won't be as um, uh, quick to work with you on this one, because we just feel like this um, should be straightforward, and you can get in there and get your deposits um, of $25 for this event, and that would be great. So spread the word. Uh, We're locked in at KC Prime, uh, I believe it's 7 p.m., um, December 23rd. As you know, KC Prime is just up the street on Quaker Bridge Road, and that's where the Christmas banquet will be this year. Um, venue has changed. Hopefully next year, Lord's willing, and he doesn't and and he tarries, then we will go back to the Marriott. But as of right now, we will be at KC Prime on Quaker Bridge Road, and um, there's a private area there that we are able to Used, and so, if you'd like to be there, uh, we would love for you to come, as I like to say, the Christmas banquet and our picnic is um, very key events in our church. Um, we try to make sure as we um, as we do uh, the kingdom together and we are the body of Christ together. Um, we want to make sure there's always times and opportunities and events where um, this church, because it's our church, where you, you will experience some give back. I wish I could say that a little bit differently, but just for your understanding. And as I said um, to our leadership, I said um, uh, most of you that's been in church, um, I don't know if you've been in church for a long time how many experiences you had in the church where you felt like the church did something for the congregation as a whole. And um, I think that's something that we can try to correct as us being a 21st century apostolic church. I believe that's something that we can do differently. And I think it's right, because we'll see that tonight in the scripture that the um, the first century um, apostolic church they did sell some of their possessions and made sure their brethren had. So maybe those of us, the church as a whole, that didn't do a lot of giving back, we dropped the ball. Because if you go back to the original church, they did that. People gave, they sold what they had and they brought it to the house of the Lord so everyone could have. And so if we weren't doing that a lot, um, whether it's, you know, 60s 70s 80s 90s if we didn't do that a lot as a church we dropped the ball and hopefully this church um, will do something to um, always always uh, be sure that we're taking care of each other and so um, there are other occasions but we want to make sure whether it's Christmas banquet or our picnic that that's a clear um, opportunity and event that you can say um, we're taking care of one another And maybe that's what I feel best described Giving back I don't want to call it giving back I prefer to call it taking care of each other And uh, we need to make sure um, we, we support one another We want to make sure We um, enjoy um, One another And we celebrate together And that's what we do at our church picnic And our banquet So um, I, I just believe that's, That those are important events Events in our church, and it's nothing wrong with every once in a while you miss an important event. But when you miss those events regularly, got to ask yourself, why am I not there? And am I serious about my church? So let me just leave it at that and uh, ask you to let's go in into prayer together tonight as we go into our Bible study. Um, we will pray and ask God to help us and let His will be done in our Bible study. Um, but I also want you to pray. That God will ignite a fire within you to pursue God's purpose for your life. If you want to be honest with yourself, you know, you know, even if the fire's burning, it's burning real, you know, lightly. <laughs> it's not a, it's not a big fire. It's not a strong fire. It's not a hot fire. It's just burning just a little, and so. We want the fire um, that, that, that God has placed in us to b- begin to burn hot and to begin to get bigger so we can pursue God's purpose for our life. I've, I've got a good message Sunday, and it, it's tough when the Lord is working me over with Sunday's message, and i got to teach Bible study tonight, but Sunday's message, uh, the Lord is working me over with that, and I'm like, all right, Lord, all right. It's one of those messages we, we we talked as ministers before, that um, when God puts something in your spirit and in your spirit, and then He starts to, you know, add and to it and keep talking to you about it and keep on saying, "Hear that? See that? Understand that? See what I'm talking about?" And, and so you're you're just going about your ways, and these things are happening within your heart and your mind. So make sure you invite someone to church Sunday. Um, um, it has to do with our success in Christ he kind of gave me the, the 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 core of what will make you a successful christian what will take you out of the 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 the, the complacency and stagnated time of your life as a christian and um you know still will come down to if that's what we want or not um, so that's can't get around that. You know, I think sometimes we want God to push us even when we don't want to be pushed. And God is not into that. Um, you know, it's just not way he, the way he does things. Uh, we have to want it. And when we want it, we go after it. And then we work together. He works with us for his will to be done. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and for the opportunity to come together one more time. Jesus, we humble ourselves tonight unto you. We humble ourselves. We submit, Lord God, to you that you will have your way in our thoughts and in our heart. And in this service tonight, our Bible study, we want, oh God, for the will of God to be done in us individually as well as collectively as the body of Christ. Father, we call upon your name tonight. We ask Almighty God that you will wash our mind in your word, wash our heart in your word. We want your spirit, Lord God, to have the preeminence in us in this in this environment. Let the power of God be revealed before us tonight. We want Lord Jesus for something spiritually to transpire, Lord God, within us and Oh God, we want the will of God to be done. Father, we've come to say, we realize, Almighty God, we're not, oh God, living a Christ-like life to the best of our ability, to the best of the power of the Spirit that resides in us, to the best of the word of God that we have oh God to apply in our life and we ask Lord that you will help us tonight Lord God ignite a fire in us to burn oh God and move in us Lord Jesus if you will that God we can pursue the purpose that you have for us Lord God Father we say unto you help us for we cry out Lord saying we know that we are not where we need to be Lord God we not, Lord God doing the things that you would have us to do like we need to and we cry out to you tonight to say Lord help us Lord God help us to put our priorities in order Lord God help us oh God to seek ye first the kingdom help us oh mighty God to walk in the purpose of God and not according to our own will I pray tonight Lord God that if you can that you will break some strongholds and and that you will loose us, Lord God, from the power of the enemy and from the will of flesh, Almighty God. Have your way tonight, Father. Will you speak to us? Will you move upon us, Almighty God? Oh, Lord, will you place me in the flow of your spirit and allow me to speak to oh God is your oracle to all of us that will hear what the spirit is saying unto us help us tonight Lord to not just be hearers but to become doers as well of the word of God help us that we will leave this place differently than the way we came in Lord God help us almighty God to grasp faith like never before and to live by faith like never before oh God overshadow us tonight uh, and move upon us like only you can. Uh, Quicken us by your spirit, oh God, uh, and empower us uh, and give us boldness. you intend for us to live we give you the praise and the honor lord for you alone are worthy to be praised and what we ask oh god only you can make it possible in our lives and in this church lord have your way tonight as we ask you these things in jesus name we pray let us all give him some praise in this house hallelujah 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 Blessed be your name, Jesus. Blessed be your name, O great God. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. He is worthy. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We have been in the book of Acts for the past few weeks, and as I mentioned last week, I'm in the book of Acts because the book of Acts teaches us about the first century church, when the church was first established, what the church was like, and how the church uh, conducted the kingdom business, and so I hope that you are uh, grasping what the Word of God is saying. Uh, there's so much here in the Word that we've gone over. What we should expect, what we should be doing as the church, and so I pray that you are taking the Word in stride and applying the Word of God in your life because it's it's important that we become. Who God want us to be in this hour? Uh, think about just what we have going on here on Thursday night. We need to fill the place up that the Lord has given us. Okay. And if and if and if we're just going to keep functioning, I'm, I, I I don't want to sound like I'm I'm, I'm brow beaten or I'm giving you a hard time, but I don't know any other way to say we got to get on the ball. Um, if I can challenge you this way, church. A lot of people do a lot of talking. When are we going to just do stuff? We do a lot of talking and sometimes that's kind of frustration might come from me, like, all right, okay, we're talking, all right, good. But when are we going to just do something? I heard a long time ago, leadership says, do something. Even if you make a mistake, it's okay, but just do something. And I'm at the place where I'm there, where I'm like, my goodness, I guess I'm there too. I just need the church, you know, most of us to just do something, just not Just keep hearing the word, just keep coming to church, but do something. Let something happen because you will realize once you start doing something, it will be comfortable to keep doing something. But if you never do anything, it will be comfortable to never do anything. Do something. So often we talk and we have great intellectual conversations and I'm like, okay, it's cool, but nothing ever gets done. No one is moving. And I don't know what that is because in my mind, do something. Do something. Don't, don't just, just keep going through the routine of gleaning and hearing and, 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 and accepting but never do it. Do something. And, and a lot of things that we can do, we don't need to go and talk to anybody about it. We don't need a crowd to go and do it. We just need to go do it. When God puts something in your heart, when there's a thought and you pray about it, just go and do it. You don't need anybody to help you. Just go and do it. And, and I hope that that will begin to come across in, in, in all of our spirit, that, that we just don't do a whole lot of talking. I remember, uh, you know, years ago in the church, we used to have uh, department head meetings is what we used to call them. And we would come up with an idea to get something done. And we started to discuss it. And man, it seems like everybody is giving you the angle of why it's a challenge. Well, yeah, but you know, and I'm just sitting there like, "Ah," because I guess maybe it's my personality and I just can't just sit and do nothing. I got to do something. And I employ you as a church, do something. Look at your life in Christ and just Ask yourself, what am I really doing other than going to church, other than worshiping God, other than praising God, other than reading my Bible? What am I really doing? Because we got to do something other than those things. Those things keep you, those things supposed to draw you closer to Christ. But here is, this, here is what you got to ask yourself. If I'm doing those things and I'm not doing something, is it drawing me closer to Christ? Because when you get closer to Christ, you are compelled. You are moved to do something. I remember when I first repent of my sins and got baptized forget about that i remember before i repented of my sins before i got baptized in jesus name i remember i couldn't help it but i had to tell people i've been going to church and i feel like god is going to change my life and i'm going to stop cursing and i'm going to stop drinking and i'm going to stop going out i was telling people this before i was saved. Because something was happening in my life, and I had to do something about it. We got to do something, church. We can't just... uh... Acts chapter 4. We've been talking about the power of the name of Jesus. We're studying the book of Acts. And in in the next few scriptures, in Acts chapter 4 it's going to focus on the power in the name of Jesus and the church being emboldened. In Acts chapter 4 verse number 1, and as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them. They were ministering the word of God. And the people came upon them because what they were saying being grieved that they taught The people and preach through Jesus, the resurrection from the dead. We have to get over that because we are the minority in this world that we stay silent. That we don't do what God wants us to do because most of the time it's going to be frowned upon or we're the minority. I believe that's a big part of why we don't do what we got to do because we're worried about people frowning up on us and don't want to hear what we have to say. And, 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 and just, you know, that whatever we're saying irritate them. And so we just stay silent and we're like, well, you know, and so we just stay in our little corner because people don't want to hear from us. And I beg the difference. There are a lot of people that want to hear from us, but they just aren't saying it. A lot of people, we have answers for people, but if we don't speak up, they will not know what the answers are. And so we can't just back down because we realize we're the minority and people are not always going to like what we say. If we say it the right way, trust me, somebody will receive it. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day. For it was now evening time. Howbeit, many of them which heard the word believed. So they were ministering the word. Like scripture always tells us, some believed and some didn't. When, when the Lord comes back, when the Lord returns, some will go and some won't with him. The Lord already settled that. However, he settled that as God, he knows. I am going to create human. From the very beginning, I'm going to create human that are like me. They will be able to, 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 to assess things. They will be able to, to choose whether or not they want to be like me, follow me, obey me, or they can choose not to. And guess what? I would love that every one of them that will come through my creation will love me, obey me, and follow me, but I know they all will not. God already settled that. Everybody will not be saved. But that didn't stop him from creating people. That didn't stop him from creating people. So we can't stop right there because we're saying, oh, they don't want to hear from us. No, some will receive and some won't. We got to speak it anyway. And it came to pass on tomorrow or morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them or they asked by what power, Or by what name have ye done this? Just think about all the influencers, all the leaders of that area, got the apostles and put them in the middle and says, we've got a problem with what's going on with you. You're going to have to explain yourself. Sometimes God will allow us to be in situations So we can explain the word of God to others because they wouldn't get it any other way. They wouldn't get it any other way. And so in this case, they're getting it. I told you about, I don't know why I always refer back to this. Egypt, that pagan, ungodly nation would have never had the opportunity to hear about the true and living God. Except for the Israelites became slaves in their nation. They would never, they would never wait to hear because they were locked in worshiping their idol gods. And the Lord allowed the children of Israel to be slaves in Egypt just so Egypt can get the word of God. That's something that a lot of people won't say, but that was part of God's plan. The Bible talks about a mixed multitude that left Egypt because some did believe that was in Egypt and says those Jews their God is the true and living God I'm rolling with them so God is always up to revealing himself his word his truth to people so they will hear it and make a decision as to whether or not they want to follow or not follow believe or not believe amen anytime one go against a person's or an entity's power and authority, guess what? There will always be opposition, pushback, and possible warfare. Verse 7, it says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? So they knew, remember, we're still talking about the, the lame man who was at the gate of beautiful, and when Peter and John saw him, they told him, uh, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And just that one situation was causing millions to get saved because they're still moving through Jerusalem preaching teaching the word of God because they had this lame man that was once lame all his life now he's walking with them praising God so here he is as the 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 proof that God is doing miracles You, when you are saved, are the proof that God is doing miracles. And when you show up and you're quick to let people know, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was once blind, but now I see. You are the testimony that God's power is real. And the only way people are going to know it is if you open your mouth and speak. They might see you now and say, oh, nice person. But why don't you let them know, I wasn't always a nice person. But God touched my life, and here I am now, that God is allowing me to be who you see now, but I wasn't always like that. That's you testifying of what God can do. The layman, just by being around, walking around, was demonstrating every day, all day, proof of what God can do. That was in the natural, but we can testify what God is doing in the natural and spiritual. So we can't close our mouth. We got to talk about it. And so, because the power of God was demonstrated, these leaders and rulers were upset. Because anytime you go against leadership's authority, any time you go against leadership's power, you're going to experience some pushback. It could even get to downright warfare, persecution, anytime you go against the leadership. Now, here is what I want you to understand about what I'm saying in that, because I'm not telling you to go against leadership. What I'm telling you is in Ephesians 6 and 12, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The way Satan tries to exert his authority is through people. So when you begin to experience opposition, when you're doing something for God, when you begin to experience spiritual warfare when you're doing something for God, that is direct from Satan, but he's using people. And here the apostles are preaching and teaching the, 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 the word of God and showing the miracles that God is doing. And here come the leaders of the town and saying, we got to stop this. Why would they care? Why in their normal mind would they care that the apostles are doing miracles? Man, we should be all happy that, that there is a power working that can heal people. There's a power working that can deliver people. We should be happy about it. But they weren't. That's a clear indication that the devil was working through them to try to shut down what God wants to do. The devil is coming after you. I've been saying it, but we just sleeping sometimes. The devil is coming after you if you're a part of this church that is trying to help this church go to four Tennis Court. The devil is coming after you. And we keep on overlooking it like it's no big deal. But if you want to examine your life, you will see, you know what? You can see something over here stirring up. You can see something over here that's kind of getting off track. You can see something over here that might be a problem. And you got to realize it is because you are involved with something that's doing God's will. And because you're involved with that, the devil has to come and attack because you're going against his authority. The devil don't care when you you are a Christian and stay quiet because you're not going against his authority. But the moment you start doing something, now you're going against his power. Now you're going against his authority and he will come directly after you. But the Bible says that we have power over the power of the enemy. So be of good courage and not worry about that. But you got to know he's coming after you. As long as y'all stay in that firehouse, I'm good with you. Because you know what? I can move on the people that run the firehouse and make them just shut it down on you. As long as you're in the firehouse, I ain't worried about you. I can stop things in your life so you're not a threat to me. But you want to go own property? Oh, no, I got to stop that. Because if you own property, I can't stop you. And so what he is trying to do because you're trying to own property is make your life useless. So when you own property, you'll have that big building and empty and nobody in it because he knows the only way to stop you now is to make you useless. That's what he's trying to do right now. So while you might feel like, oh, there's no big thing happening in your life and you're not going through no big struggle, that's fine. But you are not doing anything. And if you're not doing anything, the devil likes that because he don't want you to do anything. And if we go to Fort Tennis Court doing nothing, yeah, he don't mind us being in this big building with nobody in it. Because we're not doing anything. We're not affecting anything. Doing. make you useless make you do nothing and all we can say is yeah we're going over for tennis court okay devil ain't afraid of that if you go there and you're useless he wanted to stay empty he wanted to be about 15 people on thursday nights well maybe wednesday nights whenever the night is he just wanted to be nobody in it Because in his mind, I don't care what y'all own, as long as it's not being used to do God's will. And we're buying into it, because we just like our comfortable life. Because if I don't do nothing, I ain't got to worry about nothing. Then Peter, verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost and said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed of done to the impotent man by what means he is made whole be it known unto you all and to the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth whom he crucified whom God raised from the dead even by him that this man stand here before you whole We need to open our mouth and to declare the name that's above every name. We need to open our mouth and speak. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that I was born again of the water and of the spirit. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that I was delivered. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that I was healed. It's by the power of the name of Jesus that I stand strong today. Not because of anything I've done, but it's by his name. We need to open our mouth and speak those things. The apostles spoke about Christ at every opportunity. It was a natural. It, it was as natural for them to talk about Jesus as it is for us to talk about a day at work or about the family or about a sporting event. That's what talking about Jesus was for them. Just like we like to talk about how the job went today. Just like we like to talk about a sporting event. Oh, the the, the, the the current events that we like to talk about. We talk about the news more than we talk about Jesus. We can't talk about all these other things. And I got to say, church, I know you might feel like this is not your responsibility. But as a Christian, I'm taking it on as my responsibility to know that In this area, we're so far behind in what God wanted to do in this area that we got to do just a little bit different from everybody else. While they can cruise in some some places to say, oh, you know, we've got pedigree and we six generation Pentecost and they doing all this stuff and they can have camps for over a hundred years. While some places can do that. We don't have that luxury, but we're living like we have that luxury. We don't have the luxury of some places to just live for God casually. God has called us to make a difference in the area that we are in and we have to do something about it and not just be on cruise control and not just be acceptive to everything that every wind of doctrine and everything that the world does, we're just quiet about it. The conversations we have have to be about the kingdom. Got to be about Jesus. Those are the conversations we need to have. And it's okay if people say, man, every time I talk to you, all you want to talk about is the word of God. All you want to talk about is Jesus. It's okay. You know why? If they don't want to talk to us, we've got each other. We just keep talking to each other. Keep encouraging each other. But every time we come in contact with those that are out in the world. We need to share Jesus with them. We can't lay off. We got to keep on talking about the Lord. Because the apostles had personal experience. And personal knowledge with the Lord. That made them have what they needed to talk about all the time. So here is something to ponder tonight. Maybe we're not doing this thing the way we can do it, Because we're not having personal experiences with the Lord. Maybe we're not having these these personal encounters with God. Maybe we're not handling the word enough to to, to make it become a part of our life. And so we need to stop and say, my God, why were they talking so much about you then? But we're not doing enough of talking about you now. What was the difference? And my God, I'm telling you the difference then from now was they made Christ every day. they made christ a lifestyle this is why the bible says seek ye first the kingdom because that's what it's about we cannot be ashamed of being consumed and living this word and living according to god's will we cannot worry about it and i'll show you sunday that yes you can work a secular job and still be on fire for jesus Because we, because when I say stuff like this, there are some people that's gonna say, well, Pastor, you don't understand. You know, you know, the kind of job they did then was different from now. We like to look for areas to say why we're not doing anything instead of letting the conviction just convict you and says, all right, God, I'm convicted about that. Help me to see, help me to understand how can I live my life, still work my job, take care of my family, but still be effective in living for you in how I live my life. How can I do that, Lord? As opposed to dismissing it in your mind like, Pastor, you don't understand. Different times now. They used to be able to live off $20 a week back then. We can't live off $20 a week now. So we got to work hard. We come up with all these things. And I told you, God never changed. He will not change. His word don't change. So what he gave us for way back then, that it's still good today. we just got to understand how to apply it. So if you don't know how to apply it now, just say, God, I don't know how to apply it. I don't know how they did it then and we can't do it today. Can you show me, Lord, how we can apply it today so we can be just as effective as they were back then? Can you show me, Lord? We're not praying those prayers. We're just praying, God, help me, God, bless me, God, lead me, God, keep me and all this stuff. No, ask God to show you how to live the life that he ordained for you to live. Show me, Lord. Show me, Lord. If Christ is real to us, if he's important to us, if we have a personal, intimate knowledge and experience with him, we will be like those first century believers. We won't be able to keep from talking about him. The thing that you engage in the most will be the biggest conversation you will have all the time. I listen to sports, I watch sports, but I take in more of God than I do sports. I listen to sports, I watch sports, but I take in more of God than I do sports. So if you talk to me about sports, I can just go on and on and on and on about sports because I listen to sports and I watch sports. But I do more of God's stuff than I do sports. So if you talk to me about God, I can go on nonstop. Why am I saying that? I'm saying to you what you engage in on a regular basis. That's what you will be full of. And that's what you will talk about all the time. Can you get my message Sunday? Can you get the message Sunday, Lord? We'll get there. Verse 11. This This is the stone which was set at naught. Of you builders, which has become the head of the corner, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. You need to write that down in your in your Bible, highlight it because when people tell you that they confess and Um, they believe or they got baptized in the titles Father, Son, Holy Ghost, you ask them, how do you get Jesus out of all of that stuff? Because you can't be saved if the name of Jesus Christ is not being applied. No salvation. Can't get no salvation. 13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, the boldness, take note of that, the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned, and ignorant men, they marvelled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. It says here, if you want to look at it from this uh, perspective, they perceived that the apostles were not um, schooled, educated in the things of God. But what they realized is they knew that these men were 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 were. Awesome men of God, they demonstrated God's power, but they knew, well, it's not by education that they're doing this. They're doing this by the power of God and the name of Jesus. That's how they're, they're, they're allowing miracles to take place. It's not according to their education. It's not according to their, their, their the amount of time they went to school, how many years. It's not according to their degree. It was by the name of Jesus. It was by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that they were doing the things that they were doing. So for all of, all, all of us that think that, my goodness, you know, I, 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 I didn't went to Bible college. I don't have no degree. I don't know those scriptures real well. Uh, all you got to do like anything else, keep doing it. Keep handling it. Then the Bible said to me and to you when you read it, it says, Brother Kellerman, it says, the Holy Ghost will bring all things back to your memory. Did, did it say that? And I believe that a lot of times why it's not coming back to our memories because we're not doing anything. But if we will ever stand, listen, listen to a preacher tell you this. We are just ordinary people. But somehow, I cannot explain it, I was just thinking about it tonight, that it doesn't matter if it's me or any one of the ministers or any one of you, if God appointed you to stand in front of people and deliver his word, you begin to stand in the power and the authority of God, and what you thought you couldn't do, you will begin to do, not because you are good, not because of anything else, but because God, when he sanctions something, he will make sure he used that something. But we keep thinking that we got to be great and we got to be this no, we just got to be available to the Lord We just got to decide to do something and if we do all of a sudden you operate in a dimension that you had no control over It was the power of God But we won't know it because we won't step into it We won't know it because we won't step into it We only hear about it. We, We we keep just hearing about the power of God And we don't want to experience the power of God because the only way you can really experience the power of God is when you do what the purpose of God is. The power of God will always accompany the purpose of God. So when you're doing what God wants you to do, he got to empower you. He got to give you boldness. He got to take you beyond your ability to do what he wants you to do. But the only way you will experience that is if you go do it. But if you ain't doing it, you don't know. You don't know. And you're going to say, well, well, we got a whole lot of well, 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 because you're not trying it. And some of the not trying it is prideful. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want nobody to talk bad about you. I've already told you all about that. I've had people talk about me. Man, you you kept saying whatever you kept saying. You didn't pronounce that right, brother. A lot of people told me I didn't pronounce that right. And I'm not going to be mean and say, I wonder what they're doing right now. Because a lot of them that told me I didn't pronounce that right, they're not in church today. Verse 16, verse 15. But when they had commanded them to go aside, to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what shall we do to these men? For that, indeed, a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. There are some people, listen to me carefully, Holy Ghost. You have some people that knew you before you were saved. You need to go have dinner, lunch, brunch something with them let them see you change there's some people that knew you when you were the worst of the worst there's some people that knew you when you did wrong like they did wrong you did wrong together don't avoid them you need to go find them because you will be able to share your testimony with them they will be able to see what god has done you will sit next to them as the miracle that god did And so you will be in a position of letting them see what God can do because they're still doing the things that you do with them. Go call somebody up. Somebody, some some of you might, you're getting ready to hear from somebody you haven't heard from in a long time that's not living for God. You need to make plans to connect with them and go be with them so they can see the miracle. Let them see the miracle because you haven't, they, they don't know the miracle. They heard that you're in the church now. That's a whole different ball game than you sitting across from them and then hear the words coming out your mouth and then them seeing the Holy Ghost in your life. They don't know what it is. They just know what in the world. The person just look bright and they just sound different. And that's not the person that I used to know. You need to sit across from them so they can behold the miracle that God has done. You got to let people see and behold the miracle that God has done. When you hear from them, don't back down and say, oh, I don't know about them. My life has changed now. No, you need to talk to them and you need to make plans to go sit with them. Lunchtime, brunch time, breakfast time, whatever, and let them see the miracle that you are. Saying, what shall we do to these men for that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them? Is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them. This is the devil working through people. Let us straightly threaten them that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. Again, look bigger than this. Look look beyond this. The devil was trying to shut down the miracles that God was doing because it's proof. It's proof that God is powerful and God is real and God was doing miracles. When the devil shut you down, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to shut you down because you are a miracle. You are proof of God's power. And if you don't do anything with what God has done in your life. the devil has shut you down because his deal is let me let me try to hide the miracle of God as best as I can. Let me try to distract people so they can't see the miracle of God so they can't see the hand of God. Let me just just deceive them. Let me trick them. Let me cause them to look away from the miracles God is doing. and when we stay quiet. He's getting us to be distracted, looking away. What does scripture say? Give me 2 second, second Corinthians 4 and 4, Sister Patrice. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believe not, Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. You are living proof of the gospel. And God wants to use you to show people how real he is. But if we don't open our mouth and speak, if we don't live this life outwardly and stop being timid, If we don't, if we don't stop living this life, keeping this thing to ourselves, then we're not letting the gospel of the glorious light of Christ shine. Because when you live for God, you are showing the gospel manifest. When you live for God, you're living and showing the world what the gospel does. But if you stay quiet, you're just a nice person that I met someplace. Oh, she was a nice lady. And they didn't get to know nothing about God because guess what? When they sit next to you and they don't know you, they know. They can sense the the, the presence of God that's emanating from you. So they leave saying, nice person, nice guy, nice lady, nice young person. But they did not get to experience Jesus. We can't stay quiet. We can't keep this to ourselves. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. So remember what I said earlier, and some of you didn't like it. it. God wants us to read his word. God wants us to pray. God wants us to fast. God wants us to assemble ourselves. God wants us to worship. But what did this scripture say in verse 18? And they call them, this is, again, you've got to look at these people as, being, as people that's being influenced by the devil. They don't know they're being influenced by the devil. When the devil is using people, unless they're doing something just just ridiculous, people don't know they're being used by the devil. So the devil is using them, and here's what the devil calls them them to do. He says, and they called them. These are the the people, the leaders. And they called the, the apostles and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. All of that is requiring you to open your mouth. So again, the devil don't mind you worshiping God because in his mind, okay, if you get away, ah, that one Gotta get this. I No, we're getting this. When you got saved, in the devil's mind, yeah, she got away. He still wanna get you, but ah, she got away. And what he wants to do from that point on is make you not influence anyone else. You got away from him in his mind. I'll try to get you, but the chance of me getting you when you get to know Jesus, ah, the chance narrows. I don't have a lot of, the chances aren't real good if you've been living for God and you love God and you serve. The chances are not good of me getting you back. So what I got to do now is make sure you don't get nobody else to come with you. And the way you do that is by opening your mouth. So if he keeps your mouth closed, he says, good, good, because we're reading here. That's what he's trying to do to the apostles to get them to keep their mouth closed and not talk about what Jesus has done and what Jesus is doing. As long as you walk around and keep your mouth closed, we're good. Although the evidence was overwhelming and irrefutable, the religious leaders refused to believe in Christ and continued to try to suppress the truth. Why? Because they are being influenced by the spirit of the enemy. People that are not living for God, they are constantly being influenced by the spirit of the devil. And so the devil will use them to try to attack you. Because that's how the devil works. It's not the people, it's the spirit behind the people. And they're trying to stop God's will from being done in your life. And at the very least, yes, the devil wants to destroy you, but at the very least, he just wants to shut you up. Very least. Just want to shut you up. We shouldn't be surprised. If someone reject us and our positive witness for Christ, when hearts are hard and minds are closed, even the clearest and most passionate presentation of the facts, the word of God won't be heard. So don't get discouraged when you're speaking to people about Christ and and you see they're not getting it. They're not listening. They're not receiving it. It's okay. Just keep on speaking God's word because sometimes people are just being blinded by the devil. And it's not until we begin to pray and fast a little bit for those people for now them to be delivered and for them to receive the gospel another time. But we have to keep speaking the word of God and we can't shut up. We can't shut up we got to keep speaking the word of God, whether people are receiving it or not. Some will receive it, and some won't. Not even Jesus had 100% in retention. So don't expect you getting 100%. I don't know if somebody can do the math real quick. I think Jesus was at a 92% or something. He had 12, and he lost one. I don't know if that was 92%. We're not getting close to 92%. If Jesus got 92%, you won't get 92%. Just keep on speaking the word of God, though. And don't walk away and frustrated and discouraged because remember, Jesus, almighty God, manifest in flesh, couldn't keep them all either. So why are you frustrated? Just keep on speaking God's word. Verse 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. You got to see some things. You got to hear some things. Again, the only way you see some things and hear some things is if you engage in some things. If you don't do nothing, you won't see nothing and you won't hear nothing. for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard so when they had further threatened them they let them go finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people for all men glorified god for that which was done for the man was above for the man was above 40 years old of whom this miracle of healing was shown there is power in the name of Jesus. And when we speak the name of Jesus by faith, the miraculous happens. little bit of insight. Two things, or there are two ways when you call on the name of Jesus, miraculous things happen. When you are desperate, when you are desperate... And there is nothing else that you can do. And you cry out and you say, Jesus, help me. He will come to your rescue every time. When you are desperate, when you have need, and you don't know which way to turn, whether you're saved or you're not saved, if you will just cry out and say, Jesus, help me. He will come to your rescue. And when you know him, And you have experience with him. And you understand who he is. And you cry out and say, oh Jesus. He will come and help you. Because there's power in the name. And when you speak the name of Jesus, you don't even realize it. You are demonstrating your faith. This is why things happen. Because when you have faith, you will please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Remember, I told you, faith is the currency to get things done in the kingdom of God. It's not by your intellect. It's not by how long you've been living for God. If you're going to see God do some stuff in your life, in your church, in your community, it's going to require faith. And when you have faith and you cry out to God in faith, you will see the demonstration of his power. His name is not just the name because it's Jesus. No. when you you say that name you're speaking faith it's not just the name when you say jesus there is faith there is something that's happening that's why the bible said demons tremble at the mention of the name of jesus because when you speak that name there is faith being demonstrated and god begins to work because the name is more than just the name there is faith in that name This is why they were trying to get them to not preach and teach in the name because they knew something was happening in that name. And guess what? The instigator, the devil that was behind the work, he knew that the name represented faith. You thought those men were that smart? You think those men were that smart to say don't you preach or teach in that name? You think they were that smart? You think they understood that it was the name that was causing these miracles? They weren't that smart. They were getting the little birdie, the devil, to tell them, to put in their mind that it's the name, is the name. Try to get them to stop speaking in the name. That was the devil working behind the scenes to get the apostles to not speak, to not teach in the name. Because the devil knew the name was powerful. The devil knew that name is how miracles get done. Done! And so he was behind the scenes telling the apostles don't let them speak in that name. Those men don't know that there's power in the name. They don't even know how God does his miracles. They don't know. But the birdie. The birdie. The one that fell from heaven. Yeah, that one. Beelzebub, Lucifer, that one. He was influencing their mind to tell him he was the one that told them, Make sure. You get them to stop speaking in that name because that's where the secret is. He knew what the secret was. He knew the secret sauce. Those, Those rulers and leaders didn't know the secret sauce. They don't know. They're lost. They're blind. What do they know? But the one that knew, he started whispering in their mind. When you say Jesus, it's something going on. But you can't say it like you're playing with it. You can't say it because it's just some common thing that you're saying. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. When you begin to utter the name of Jesus, you're saying it deliberately. You're saying it because you really believe in it. You know who he is and you're saying it because something needs to get done and you're not just saying it just to use it. You're saying it. Listen, it's okay. I know people like, oh my God. Listen, people don't know who their God is. So they can say, oh my God, all they want. But how often you hear people say, oh Jesus. Oh Jesus because oh my God can mean anything But oh Jesus uh, that only means one thing That only means you have faith That only means you know who the power of God is That only means you know how salvation and deliverance will come They don't know what they're talking about when they say oh my God Ain't nobody blaspheming when they say oh my God there's so many gods around. It no don't matter when people say, oh, my God. What matters is when, but you don't hear nobody saying that. You don't hear nobody saying, oh, Jesus. You don't hear nobody saying that. Because that's specific. That's deliberate. And the devil will do all he can to make sure you don't say Jesus. Because he trembles when you say that. He knows he can't stay when you say that. He knows miracle happens when you say that. And so when you start to utter the name of Jesus, he gets nervous. And he knows things get ready to happen. And he's trying to get you to not say, oh, Jesus. Oh, my God, all day. He don't care if you say, oh, my God, all day. And this is what we're trying to teach people that won't realize that Jesus Christ is God manifest in flesh. They don't want to realize why we're telling them that, because when you say, oh, God, you're using titles and titles don't scare the devil. The devil is not afraid of us saying, oh, God, the devil is not afraid of us in saying, oh, Jehovah, the devil is not afraid of those things when we say Jesus, go to the scripture, it says demons tremble at the name. It didn't say demons tremble at God. He said, the Bible says demons tremble at the name. The name. We know that Jesus Christ is God. We know that. But it's the name that the devil is afraid of. He's not afraid of God's title. Because the devil already knows there's a whole lot of things that's being called God in this world. But Jesus Christ is the only true and living God. He is the only true and living God. He is the only wise God. And so he knows, this is why I'm trying to tell you, church, that when you speak that name, you're speaking faith. Because you're speaking the identity of the creator. You're speaking who it is that stretched forth the heaven and the earth. You're speaking the name that can do everything, that can do exceeding and abundant. You're speaking the name that can destroy, that can heal. You're speaking the name that is responsible for you being saved today. He knows that. You should know that. And so now you know why it's important that you go and tell people about the name because that name is how they're going to be saved. There's power in the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to close here. When you come to know the name, you get emboldened. This is why the scripture says in verse 23, And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God. Listen to this prayer. Listen to this prayer. Listen to this prayer. This is how they're praying. They said, Lord, thou art God, which has made the heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ of a truth against thy holy child Jesus whom thou hast anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done and now Lord behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done how by the name of the holy child jesus signs and wonders and miracles shall be done by the name of the holy child jesus and when they had prayed The place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. I'm done. Notice this in their prayer. They never prayed and say, God, deliver us out of the hands of our enemy. They didn't pray that. Because when you know who your God is, you don't worry about deliverance from your enemy because here's the deal god knew when you're doing the will of god church when you're serving god i'm not talking about going to church reading your bible worshiping god i'm not i'm talking about when you have come to walk in the purpose and the plan of god when you're doing that and you find yourself being persecuted and you find yourself in a tight spot, you don't have to pray about that tight spot. You don't have to pray about your persecution because in your mind, in your understanding, I was serving God. So if I'm in the situation, God allowed it. So I'm not worried about that. What I need to ask God to do is help me to understand what I need to do in this situation. And, and, and if you and there's sometimes. When you're praying to God, because you know God's ways, because you understand who God is, now you can begin to ask him, God, will you show these people who you are? Let them know that you are the true and living God, because we know that is God's desire to reveal himself to everyone. So if we're in a tight spot and people are coming against us, we can pray and say, God, however you want to do it, will you use me to manifest who you are to these people? We've got to get with this church. God wants us to do something. He don't just want us to show up in his house to worship him. That's great. And he wants that. I'm not telling you that he doesn't want that, but he's got a plan. Listen, if you pray hard the rest of your life, scraping up your knees and you got callous on your knees because you've been praying so hard and you worship so hard, but, but, but nobody goes and do something, then what good is all of that? Think about that. If we pray all of our life, we just pray six hours a day, read our Bibles three hours a day. We worship like crazy in church, but we never go and do anything else. What does our worship profit? What does our reading the Bible profit? What does our coming to the uh, house of God profit if we're not doing anything? And if we read the Bible, we will see that God needs us to do something. He needs to reach the world with the gospel. He wants to save everyone who wants to be saved. And he needs us to go and work and serve and labor. Open our mouth and speak. Let's stand. There's power in the name of Jesus. And the only way people are going to hear that name is when you open your mouth. Because people don't want to open their mouth today and speak Jesus because they're afraid to come in opposition they're afraid to 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 get into the whole discussion of who jesus is we can't be afraid and by speaking the name of jesus sometimes it's going to cause people to not be comfortable with us it's easy to say i trust god everybody's still comfortable when you say i trust god why because you know god can be any god But the moment you say Jesus, they get uncomfortable, just like these leaders and rulers got uncomfortable because you don't realize. I hope you pay attention from now on. The devil is the one that whispers in people's ear to tell them to oppose you when you say the name of Jesus, because poor people, they don't know the power that's in the name of jesus they don't know that when you speak the word in the name of jesus there is there is faith being uh echoed and and faith being manifest they don't know that but the devil does so when you speak jesus the devil begins to provoke people to provoke you because the devil know what that name means and what can be done in that name let's lift our hands to the heavens and just talk to the lord for a moment father in the name of jesus We thank you, Lord, for your word tonight, Lord God. I pray boldness upon this congregation like never before. That from this night on, Lord God, no person in this church would be timid. No person in this church, Lord God, will be laid back and and not realize that you have things for them to do, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will ignite a fire the Holy Ghost will ignite them, Lord God, to go forward and to go and do your will, to speak your name, Lord God, with authority and with boldness. I pray tonight, Lord God, that there will be an awakening in the spirit and in the heart and in the mind of every person in this church, Lord God, that there there will be an awakening, Lord God, that there will be a moving of the spirit of God where, Lord, we will not be able to contain ourselves but we will speak and we will do what the will of God is Lord Jesus I pray that you will use us individually and collectively Lord to speak that name to do thy will to be your witness in the earth Lord God and to bless your name Lord God use us to shine the light of Christ that is in us Lord God that men may know who you are Lord God we know it's your will that all be saved and that none would perish. We know it is your will, Lord God, that you would touch the hearts of lost people and they will be saved. Oh God, use us. We just don't want to be dormant. We just don't want to be mute. But God, we want to be a people that will speak, a people that will declare, a people that will open their mouth and speak the word of Jesus and Speak the name of Jesus. We want to be a people, Lord God, that cannot shut up just because we want to proclaim and declare the name of Jesus. Use this church, oh God, individually and collectively, oh God, and Lord, the will of God may be done in us, that we will not allow our enemy, Lord God, to stop us from doing your will not allow the enemy uh, to prevent us uh, from doing the will of God. hallelujah 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 we love you jesus we bless your name in the name of jesus 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 Jesus. oh thank you lord let's give the lord some praise and thank him tonight for his goodness Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give to the building finder if you can tonight. God bless you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening.